everyone. Welcome to another episode of Plant Pills. <laughs> Today, I have a very, 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 very special guest with me, Kat. Hello. She is a human design reader, a yoga teacher. She has her own podcast called Spiritual Twins. And yeah, we met in PZAC. We were living here together. She's been living in the spiritual community for quite a while, but now she's back in America. And yeah, I brought her on here today. <laughs> so we could have a co-creation of magic. And happy to be here. Love the co-creation. Who knows what comes up within these things, right? <laughs> no, no. We start with one topic and then it just ends in a completely different topic. And we're like, how did we get here? Um, but yeah, just something that we've been talking about recently and what's come up um, is soulmates and love and relationships. And oh my gosh, aren't relationships like the biggest mirrors? The biggest. Oh. <laughs> the biggest. I think that's why like some people are almost afraid to be in relationships because it's like it's like a big it's what we want the most in the world but then we're afraid of it and I think people start self-sabotaging before they actually get within the relationship because there's like there's too many mirrors coming up and I can't see myself right now I can't do this for sure it's such a paradox and I really relate to that because I've been calling in a soulmate since January time I've been intentionally calling in a man but I've been deliberately, I've been like calling in a soulmate. I said, I want a soulmate romantic relationship. So I've been calling in a man. Every like cow ceremony, every ayahuasca ceremony, they're my intentions. It's like I'm calling in someone. But then it's the paradox because recently I've met someone, but then it's bringing up all my wounds. Yes. <laughs> and now it's like my mind is like, oh I don't want a relationship why did I want a relationship for I don't want a fucking relationship because yeah. <laughs> it really is this it's, it's uncomfortable right because you can avoid it sure but I don't think that these relationships can really get as deep when you start avoiding what's coming up you're mm -hmm. bypassing everything and it's very very uncomfortable um I read something once it's like the your shadow or whatever starts acting out the loudest and just throwing all these tantrums the most when it senses the most healing coming along oh, wow. um, so like it's since that something's really shifting and I find this happens with me when I'm in relationships that it re I have a lot of anxiety come coming up at the beginning because it's there think that there's a part within me that's like this is where this is this is this is real this is where the healing takes place and it's uncomfortable yeah. and I think as well especially at the start of a relationship before you know what you and the other person are like before you have a label on if you're a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever dynamics you are that I feel is for me the most uncomfortable because it's like well what are we and it's like that you don't have that security I feel once you kind of have that commitment and it's like, yeah, we're in a relationship. Oh, we said we love you now. It's kind of like you have more of that safety. It's more of a safety net because you've had the conversation. But it's like when you're first dating someone and you like them, uh, but it's like, and they like you. And it's like, I feel that's the, for me anyway, personally, that's the, the most time I have the most anxiety and my shadow is coming up, my inner child screaming at me. 
because it hasn't got that label yet hmm um I feel a little different I understand yeah. where you're coming from completely mm-hmm. I feel like um maybe I'm less attached to labels but I'm more my anxiety comes the deeper and deeper I get into it and the more and more I start to open my heart and the more okay. and more I start to really like connect with per- this person um the fear gets bigger and bigger that it's gonna end that they're gonna leave okay. so yeah. it's like the more the bi- the more my heart's open it's like the more pain might come in so that's when I start like really like need like need to close down the, the fear comes like I need to shut myself down because if I keep opening up at this level like when it ends when the ball drops then I'm going to be destroyed interesting and that makes a lot of sense as well like I totally understand because it's like you're being more vulnerable your heart's open even more you're yeah it's like that deeper connection and then it's like that yeah being in that situation and then having that fear of abandonment or fear you're going to be left yeah oh yeah actually I think maybe I'm trying to think just reflecting on past relationships yeah I think maybe that gives me more anxiety actually than the start because at the start I guess you're not as you haven't fallen in love yet you haven't your heart's not open yet so it's that's still that new exploration so it's like if they left you'd be okay because right. your heart's not open I feel like your ego is more wounded like at the beginning maybe before like if you're just dating someone briefly and like I mean I had this experience with this person we didn't even date like we like hooked up and I was kind of interested in getting to know him more um mm-hmm. and I like expressed that to him and he was just like not like basically said no and interested in being friends and like my ego was just destroyed like I was and I knew I could feel the difference like it just felt more like it's hard to explain feelings right but if I look back it's like I wasn't heartbroken because I didn't know the guy I hadn't had this like big connection but I was like embarrassed I was like what's wrong like why didn't he why doesn't he want to continue anything with me like so the ego had to deal with it's like his own mini ego death within that which like ego deaths are healthy (laughs) Wow, that's so true. It's different. It's your mind. And then as you get deeper and your heart opens, that's when you experience the heartbreak or you can. Oh, yeah. So the question, this was the question I had for Kat earlier, is how do you know if it's your soulmate? And you had some very, very good answers because and just a little backstory. I mean, it's only been a week, but I met someone a week ago. <laughs> Literally, the universe delivered me this man, and we've been hanging out. We had been hanging out every single day, and I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if he's my soulmate. I actually don't know. And I was like, surely if he was my soulmate, I would know that he's my soulmate. Um, but yeah, just very interesting perspective, and which I really agree with and resonate. Um, did you want to share what? Yeah, for sure. I didn't mention this to you, but I know we've talked about this before. First of all, I think we can have multiple soulmates. And so I don't feel like you can have one soulmate for a certain amount of time. And then that was the soulmate for the time and another person can come in. So I feel like with that, timing's everything. Um, But to the answer of what you said, I said, um, yeah, I don't think we we can ever really know. Yeah. I think that certainty is this, this reaction to fear of the unknown because mm-hmm. we, 
like ultimately most almost everything in this life is unknown we're yeah. just approaching it every day and every way we try to know something is us just trying to hold on and to feel safe and the more control we have the safer we feel I actually feel like there's almost more power in the unknown in the unknown it's so mm -hmm. true and it's like so funny how my mind works because my mind was like well I don't think he's my soulmate so I'm gonna message him and be like I don't know if I want to continue this connection because I don't know if you're my soulmate I feel like that's fear too that's fear that is coming mm -hmm. from a place of fear that's coming from a sab self-sabotage because yes. it's my mind is blocking out the potential that there could be this connection could blossom and deepen and it's like my mind is already coming in and being like okay no let's not get your heart broken let's not open your heart let's keep you safe and small and keep you self-sabotaging so instead of exploring this connection why don't we just say oh I don't know if there is a if you are my soulmate yes. so let's let's end this before yes. it's started self -sabotaging. and it's our mind works it's like this um self-sabotage and again it's like I've noticed my mind so in my mind it's like um so he's younger than me and in my mind it's like well he's younger than me and it's like all these stories that are protecting me or like again it's the self-sabotage it's self-sabotaging um Mm -hmm. it's just so interesting how the mind works right and that's it. ultimately I also mentioned to you I feel like when we want to be certain about someone it feels like perfectionism like that's the self-sabotaging like if this person doesn't fill all my boxes he's younger he's this he's this and we're finding all these ways this relationship can't be perfect because it's also fear and I'll speak to something of this briefly that I talked to you about the other day about how I also was seeing a younger person and yeah. my mind did the same thing. I'm like, he's younger than me. Like, I don't know, like, this doesn't feel right. But I still felt attracted to him. And finally mm -hmm. I surrendered and just let it happen. And the relationship did not last, but I can look back on that now and see that it's like, I'm I have gratitude for the relationship because it did teach me a lot about myself and a lot about my own needs and yeah. that it could have just been like a, a soul contract with this individual to help me to move along to my next relationship, which felt really deep and really profound and really so much, I could be so seen so much deeper than the relationship before, but it's like, I don't regret being with this. I just went along with what I was feeling. Was he the one? No or he was the one at the time and I learned what I needed to learn. Yeah. And it's interesting. And can I ask you, so with, you mentioned him, but then you mentioned then there was a deeper connection mm -hmm. with someone else. Yes. With the deeper connection with someone else, did you know straight away or was it an unfolding? It was an unfolding. I didn't know. In fact, in fact, I will mention it. This individual said to me, on more than one account how he was interested and attracted to me and yeah. finally it was like this one moment he was all like we're doing this activity where it's you ask each other questions back and forth it's like these 37 questions to help anyone fall in love and oh, then, wow. I these. <laughs> yeah and then you do like eye contact meditation before it and it gets like it really facilitates a level of depth um, but one of the questions at the end was like, is there anything else that you think this person should know about you? And he said, 
uh, yeah, he's like, I'm attracted to you. I'm interested in you. I'm curious to see where this could go or if we could be anything. And at the end of it, I was like, is there anything you want to debrief? And he said, yeah, did you think about me saying I, I would, I'm interested in you? And I was like, I don't know. I said more of, I was just like, I don't know. And he's like, is that an, I don't know, as in it's really a no, because you're trying to let me down gently, or is it really an, I don't know. And at the time, I think in my head, I was leaning more towards no, but something within me was like, it's not completely a no. And it was an, I don't know. And yeah. then it unfolded into if you would have asked me at the beginning where this would have gone, I would not have seen it. It was an I don't know. It's an I don't know. And that's beautiful. And that's like a new concept for me because before I just, I guess I always assumed in my mind, it's like, you would know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, you would know. So it was like, what do you mean you don't know? Like, surely not then because you would know. But I think, I actually don't think you do know. I think there's a difference between, I know, I know when it's a no. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, so it's like it's like if it's the thing is actually so just because it's it's either a no or an I don't know. Yeah. So it's like when you know it's a no, like you can trust that. But when there's still some uncertainty, I think some of this can come based in like yeah, and fear or really just I don't know. And I love how you said. So this is what Kat's mentioned to me earlier. She said wanting to know if they're your soulmate well it's coming from a place of control it's coming from a wounded place it's coming from a place of fear that you're not complete and whole as you already are sort of thing because it's coming from that lack like why do you need to know if they're your soulmate why do you need to know that like where what are your motives why do you need to know that and it's yeah it's come from an insecurity and I think probably from myself it's like well I want to know if they're my soulmate because then if my in my if they're my soulmate then that means we are going to be together and everything's going to be okay and it's that level of safety it's like um it's a mind thing again it's like um certainty mm-hmm. yeah it's that certainty it's like well if they are my soulmate then that definitely means that me and this person are going to be together because they're my soulmate so yeah. I don't have anything to worry about I don't have to worry that they're going to abandon me I don't have to worry that they're and all these like fears that I have it's bypassing oh my god I'm bypassing and it's like hmm it's this other person is a human too and they have their own human wounds and their own fears their own uncertainties as well um and I think you mentioned that you expressed to this person you're talking to that you were looking for a relationship and he said like he wasn't sure so he also wasn't sure and with my own um my relationship I was just in I mean that's a little brief thing but we're not together anymore he's we live across uh, the ocean from each other. <laughs> and I kind of expressed to him, I was really vulnerable. And I was like, I'm interested in pursuing more. Like, I want to be with you. And he said, he didn't know, like, he couldn't give me an answer. And, you know, I could take that personally and be like, what's wrong with me? Or I could also mm-hmm. think in a different way. I'm like, he could be scared too. Cause the closer you get to someone, the more you open up, the more of your wounds start to express themselves. What do you want to do? Protect. Yeah. And if that's a fear of yours, like a deep fear of yours, and it and the relationship's a mirror and it's reflecting, he's reflecting that back to you. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, in I love this. I think relationships are mirrors. 
So do you mean like the other person might be experiencing the same thing or feeling the same thing or that they're just like reflecting your deepest fear? I'm, I, oh, that's so interesting. I'm not experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it could, yeah. But either way, he's reflecting your deepest fear. Mm-hmm. And it's something, it's what I'm leaning more into. It. I've been through a whole journey with this. Um, I've never experienced anything quite like it, <laughs> but I see that it, it, it's medicine at the end of the day is if I can allow myself to everything that this is bringing up instead of mm-hmm. avoiding it and bypassing it, if I can allow myself to sit with it and lean into it, I see what this is doing is just bringing out some wounds that need to be seen and are wanting to be felt and wanting to be transmuted. Yeah. For sure. And it's like, that is what relationships are doing. They're bringing out, I feel they bring out our deepest wounds. Yes, that's it. Because it's connection with another individual. Yeah. For me, in this particular one, I feel, I'm starting now to see it from a bigger picture as in when it happened, it felt very personal. I felt like the universe was just like, why you know a lot of questions like why can't I look at I compare myself to other people who have like long-term relationships and Mm -hmm. like why can't I have that why does it always feel like it's just being taken away from me um but now I have a little more perspective and I'm seeing this as this is it's a means for growth that like I kind of like I could just still we could still be together and working through some stuff but obviously this is a my deepest core wound and in order for my deepest core wound to be worked on this is the capacity that this is what needed to happen for it to come up and then of course it gets into this place where I'm like I'm done with this character building like I'm done with this what's working through I just want to be happy like you know I just want to be safe and happy and in love but it's like the universe is like no this is this is what relationships are about it's about how can we help each other to heal (laughs) and it's like transmuting our deepest wounds Mm -hmm. going into the garden and picking out the roots like getting to the actual root of our deepest wound and pulling out the root and then giving it love and I feel that is the journey of relationships is like going into our deepest wounds and pulling out the roots Mm -hmm. and then I don't know does it get better (laughs) then do we just yeah surely it does I don't yeah. know I don't know how it works I don't know how it works I think I don't either and I think it's everyone's willingness to show up though because I think a lot of people do act on their self-sabotaging tendencies and I can see it in my friends and other people I'm like they're self-sabotaging oh I'm or, already self-sabotaging yeah and it's only been a week and it's like okay yeah I don't think you're my soulmate so that's it but that's but you're aware um, of it yeah and that again it's coming but in the past I would have acted from that place so then I would have texted the person and I would have said I don't think you're my soulmate let's end things so I've ended the connection already before I've even had the chance to open my heart yeah it's like you know what's interesting too is like us sabotaging being like say I was talking to someone um and I'm self-sabotaging, trying to protect myself. And I tell them, hey, this isn't working out. You're not the one for me. That can bring out so many insecurities 
them being me, even though it really wasn't about them, it was about me. And like, that's what I have to remind myself, but it doesn't feel like that in the moment. Like everything really, we're all mirrors and reflections and relationship, but most of our decisions within a relationship and how we act out comes from, it's not actually not about the other person. No, it's all two of us and how we how we are. It's kind of like an invitation to go deeper and be like, okay, what's this really showing me? What am I really fearing here? What are my deepest fears? And my deepest fear is having my heart broken. Yes. So in order, my deepest fear is having my heart broken. So then it's like not opening my heart in order for it to not be broken. But then I'm not experiencing love. Like you're not experiencing what you really want. What I really—it's like our deepest desire and our greatest fear are the same thing. Oh wow, that's so true. Yeah, because like what we really want is we we want to be loved and we want our heart to be open. We want to feel connected, but we're also afraid to be loved because that means that our heart could be broken. Yeah, that's so true. Because it's vulnerable. Essentially, that's what it is, just vulnerability. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. That, yeah, that's such a powerful thing. Our deepest desires are also our deepest fear. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's so true. And it's just, yeah, just relationships as well. It's like, um, oh, it's my inner child. My, it shows how it wounded my inner child is. For me, in the past, one of my biggest triggers is if someone doesn't reply to me. So say the guy I'm dating takes like eight hours to reply to me. In my mind, I'm then thinking they're leaving me and that they're abandoning me and that I'm not good enough and that they've left me. So sometimes I would be so in my trauma, so much in that trauma response, eight hours in and they haven't replied to me and I'm just checking my phone like, why haven't they replied to me? They're leaving me. I then text them from this reactive place, from this trigger saying, it's over. Mm -hmm. So I break up with them before I, yeah, I just break up with them and it's coming from that trauma and it's like, okay, well, how can I give that attention to my inner child so she doesn't feel abandoned by myself? Yeah. You leave them before they can leave you. Yeah. So you have the power. I have the power. Yeah. But your heart's still... You still don't have what you want well I don't want to leave them really it's just because I thought they were yeah. leaving me yeah and, but then again like I don't have that recognition that it's not even to do with the fact that they're not replying it's to do with the fact I'm feeling insecure and I'm feeling abandoned yeah. so again it's like okay this is an invitation for me to give the attention to myself mm-hmm. and that nurturing to myself and I felt like that yesterday actually it's like interesting where triggers are coming up, but they don't they don't feel as strong, which is really nice. I say this. Who knows? Or I'll be in a few days' time. <laughs> but like I noticed myself being triggered because this person had been out all day doing medicine and wasn't on their phone. And I was like just checking my phone to see if they like messaged me or not. And they hadn't, and it got to like 8 p.m. and they and they hadn't been on their phone. And I was like, okay, am I feeling triggered? I was like, hmm. But I, I, it was kind of, I was like feeling a bit anxious, like apprehensive, like, oh, are they going to come and see me? Or are they not going to come and see me? Like, I don't know how their day's gone. I don't know if they're going to come and see me or not. So I was like, okay, I'm feeling insecure. What am I going to do? So I got my drum and I started singing to myself. 
hairstyles that I completely shifted my whole mood and then I was in such a good mood it's like oh actually it doesn't matter if they come and see me or not see me now because my mood's not dependent on them yeah my energy dependent on them but I shifted that so then it's like actually I don't mind if they don't come because I'm, I'm okay on my own now and I find what we need to do in these situations is get out of your head because yeah, that yeah. is what when we start being dependent and what you did is you got out of your head and you played music you know so it's like that's what I find when I start like I'm just creating all these stories in my head around like why I'm not good enough or why aren't they talking to me or whatever I'm like I just need to get the fuck out of my head and get into my body whatever that way whether that's for some people it's playing music and singing other people it might be like dancing or um, like a yoga practice like whatever you can do to just be like give your mind that break and just yeah. get body and get get you in that like that heart space and know that like okay like I don't need to rely on what my mind is telling me or this other person I can just be with myself mm-hmm. It's so interesting though, witnessing how I've like shaped my energy. My whole life I've molded my energy on someone else in terms of a romantic relationship, in terms of a man. It's like I lose who I am in the past. I would lose who I am in relationships. My energy would become very codependent. I'd become very needy. I'd become very deeply attached, anxiously attached. That's my my attachment style. What's your attachment style? Um, I actually think I'm more avoidant. Which I was going to say, um, separately from you, this is, I've, I think I've really worked a lot through this. I think when I was younger, I used to kind of be more like, so independent, like, I don't need a guy kind of thing. Okay. And that came from a place of fear that if I was with someone, mm-hmm. I'd be hurt, you know? So yeah. it felt on me, it was a form of protection. Like I'm so independent. I'm okay being single. I love being single, but I'm like my heart of hearts. Like I, I, I wanted someone, you know, I didn't want to be single, but I had to tell myself that. And I had to tell other people that because it, it made me feel safer. And then that's a story that you keep living out. And then that becomes your reality. Yeah. Wow. It's, I find like, it's interesting when we talk about attachment styles, I think like more avoidant but in my mind my mind is like attached (laughs) so it's like I'm avoidant in the physical realm in the in the 3d but my mind is like I am so attached right now (laughs) I guess as well it's kind of like I feel the more we get our own energy back all those times our energy's been scattered all those times our souls like fragmented during Mm -hmm. trauma like all the times we've left our body during trauma it's like the more whole we come, the more we come back into our center, the more we come back into ourselves. I guess maybe the attachment, I would like to think the attachment moves more healthy. It's yeah. more like a, you don't need someone because you're full mm-hmm. and whole and complete on your own. Mm-hmm. So you don't need someone. Um, so I've noticed like when I, all throughout my life, I don't know if you were similar, but whenever I went clubbing, I was always looking for a guy always my eyes were like oh you're a little hottie over there <laughs> and I was like always on the prowl and I would get sad if I didn't pull because I I based myself worth on men so if I didn't pull then I didn't feel very worthy that night I was like oh I must be ugly I must not be very good I must not look very nice tonight or whatever my self-worth dependent on another person 
so then I noticed that a static dance when I first used to go to a static dance I'd kind of be it was like this pattern I'd be like kind of looking like checking out men and recently the last few static dances always it's just like the intention has been all about me I'm not allowing my energy to go off because that's saying I'm not full and complete as I am it's like I need someone else why do I need someone else no I don't just need myself yeah yeah I mean we've been programmed as women to that like our comes from having a, a man in our lives yeah we're not like worthy unless we're desired and I think as well my friend was saying about films rom- romance and films and how it's like a fairy tale it's a fairy mm-hmm. tale romance and that's not realistic that's not realistic it's an unrealistic ideology of what romance should be like so then when your romantic relationships not like this fairy tale romance like mm-hmm. they have in the films then you're questioning oh well it's not like this so then my relationship mustn't yeah. be working so then you end your relationship maybe because again it's like well he mustn't be the one because if he was the one this would be happening yeah wow and then you're self-sabotaging yourself your whole life and ne- maybe never having a relationship because it's never like how you think it should be mm. compared to how society yeah is telling you it should be I want to see a film about like two people doing some shadow work together <laughs> maybe like the film could be like an ayahuasca journey but as yeah. a film <laughs> like I believe you I really feel you can have these fairy tale moments for sure mm-hmm. but I feel it's more of like a conscious co-creation dance that you're both intentionally planning and you're talking about and you're having that open and honest communication and you're you're like you're sharing what you want if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah I do find too that it is the deeper you go with someone and the more you open your heart and allow these parts that like the not sexy parts of yourself to be seen I say not not sexy I mean like yeah the things that we kind of cringe when we think about it Mm -hmm. Um, and that when we allow ourselves to express this with someone in relationship I do find though it is equally like the relationship gets more intense and you get deeper. And then on the other side, like I've had these moments where it's just like having a really intense moment of heart share and that's really uncomfortable. And then like working through that and then I'm talking about it and then having like really intense, like just because it's like, you're so, we're so vulnerable in like, your heart is so open and you've talked about it and you sat through this discomfort with someone mm-hmm. and like shifted it and then you've shifted it and now you're able to transmute it into this like intense intimacy what do you feel are the guidelines for a conscious relationship for me I'd say open and honest communication being like the first yeah I'd agree with open and honest commu- communication being the first um expressing your needs uh expressing boundaries um and yeah I think it's a whole umbrella of the open and honest communication though then that goes with like can I fully express myself can I and that goes with expressing my needs can I communicate when things are upsetting me um it goes to like enforcing boundaries with this way and the more you can just communicate what's going on within you Mm -hmm. together more you can kind of create a partnership and around that 
And it's like a co-creation with the universe. It's mm-hmm. then it comes out of you coming from a place of lack and coming from a place of neediness and needing someone else. But it's coming like because you actually want to hang out together and co-create together. And it's like, I guess, a beautiful dance. I can imagine it be, but I can imagine it just being something I'm just not familiar with because I've been so codependent in past relationships and so needy, needing the other person. Like I freaking need the other person. So being in a new space where I don't need the other person, that's so empowering. You need them, but you want them. I want them. You know, you choose them. Like I don't need you, but I want you in my life and I choose you. For me, it's like this, I've always, I'm always afraid in relationships that once they start seeing the not so fun parts of me, like the not yeah. like, cause like when you get to know someone, you generally are just seeing like their best parts, their best yeah. attributes. Like it's fun and exciting. Everything's new and you're on your best behavior. And so in my that once someone starts seeing me not in my best behavior like when they see me really upset or when they see me angry or when they see me just like not my best self yeah I'm like am I not going to be they're not going to be who I want that like who they want me to be like I kind of have this perfectionism around it like because it's my own perfectionism it's hard to accept my own you know it's hard to accept myself so I just assume it's going to be hard for another person to accept me when I'm not in my best behavior I understand but also the more you accept yourself not in your best behavior and those parts of you the more that will be reflected back and the person will be mirroring and accepting mm-hmm. those not so perfect parts of you because they're mm-hmm. still imperfectly perfect yeah because they're you yeah. yeah but it's so freaking scary scary when you haven't ever spoken your truth in relation before you've never actually expressed your needs you've just played it cool then now being in a situation where you are being open and honest and it's like telling someone after a week of knowing them i'm looking for a relationship Oh, fuck I've never done that before in the past I would just play it cool and just see where it went and just really take it and just literally play it cool and just see where it goes but actually saying I want a relationship mm. that brought up so much anxiety within me because it's like oh like it's like a paradox though because on one hand I was like I'm being too intense they they I've we've only just met I'm too much I'm I'm too intense I'm too much am I being needy? Well, not needy. Mm, I guess I'm not being needy, but I, my mind was thinking maybe I'm being needy for asking for a relationship. But then on the other side, it's like the right person will accept my truth and not find that too much. The right person is going to be be like really actually like, oh, wow, she knows what she wants and maybe actually dig that. And it's like, you know, like the, the paradox of um, the yeah. right person is gonna be able to embrace and accept my truth and my needs and and I hear that you know I hear that that's not too much right and I'm even thinking of different situations in my own life I remember I think I was like 22 and this guy and I kind of been like you know we went out on a date and like we were like cuddling and like kissing in bed it just came out of me and I wasn't this kind of person too it just came out of me I said like I forget exactly how I expressed it I was like just like kind of on the lines of like what are you looking for 
Like, what, what do you want mm-hmm. from this? And then totally ghosted me. <laughs> like, me and in the time, like, it, what just felt like a total slap in the face. Like, me expressing, oh, it was just a question, too. It wasn't like, so we're boyfriend and girlfriend. No, it was just like, what do you want from this? And then he just completely ghosted me. Um, and how, like... Yeah, it was rough, you know, and I guess I'd, because I normally it would be like you, like not really just letting it go, how it goes, because the fear around if I express mm-hmm. it, they're going to leave. That abandonment comes up, mm-hmm. so might as well just kind of be partially in rather than fully in. But then I'll say with the um, last person I was seeing, how something that really attracted to me, to him in retrospect, was how he was just so blunt and like expressed, like, I'm interested in you, like, I'm curious like I'd like to see where this could go and like I really loved his boldness around that like how he's like I'm expressing what I want and I talked to him about that and he says he's never been so explicit like that with anyone else about saying like I'm interested in you like I'm curious to where this could go like he'd never been that explicit and I said that really was attractive to me that's so beautiful and that feels like that's like a cycle like a whole like a full cycle you know where you Mm -hmm. started off yeah expressing your needs and your needs were ignored like they literally were ghosted like Mm -hmm. your needs weren't even acknowledged so then having that full cycle of meeting a man that is expressing his needs to you straight off yeah the universe has been communicating with me in interesting ways like my mom communicating like how you just she says how it's always interesting how sometimes with people they there's people that sometimes they knew each other on a friendship level and like then years later they can come back and it can be romantic like it was just like a person you knew and Mm -hmm. then like the timing has shifted you both have shifted and then like you come together and like you just never know how you might reunite and re-meet people and connect in a different level and then I also had a friend just kind of mentioned to me that you have this one adventure and then like it's heartbreaking and the adventure you feels like it's ending and then like the world gives you a new adventure if you're open to it if you allow your heart to remain open there's always endless adventures out there whether it's through people or just places you go it's like there's so many sources and connections we can make in this lifetime if we just allow ourselves to be open yeah it's so beautiful and I think that is the message it's just allowing our hearts to open allowing our hearts to open and allowing them to remain open even after pain and grief is just an expression of our love too because you Mm -hmm. wouldn't feel this pain and you wouldn't feel this grief if you hadn't felt such deep love and so like really we can just see it as a beautiful thing that like because I felt so deeply I also hurt deeply and it hurts because it mattered and because it meant something. Yeah. Wow. So beautiful. Another expression of love. Yeah. But we oh. like to bypass that feeling like if I feel pain or if I feel sad, that's like, that's the opposite of love. And I'm like, no, it's not. It actually means you, you care. Everything is love. Yeah. Indifference love. is the opposite of caring or opposite of love, like to feel indifferent love 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 is all we need love is all we need (laughs) love is all we need 
okay that's all we need and that's what we're afraid of (laughs) yeah it's our greatest desire and it's our greatest fear Mm -hmm. it's a paradox so it's been so so lovely to talk to my love my love and thank you for sharing all your wisdom Um, thank you thank you yeah thank you for being here go and check her out go check out her podcast spiritual twins and just anyone listening just want to say do we have any final messages for the listeners uh yeah just lean into that open heart space and if you're feeling uncomfortable that means your heart's opening keep that heart open just allow yourself to experience um, a level of vulnerability because that's where our greatest source of power and joy comes from Mm -hmm. beautiful that's beautiful last message so i'm gonna end the little podcast here but thank you all for listening thank you everyone thank you becky thank you bye ciao everyone